this political coliseum, we slay the rising beast with the fateful sword of truth that transcends hypocrisy and censorship. It's time to unleash yourself from the tyrants of media propaganda on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. This is Unleashed, the political news hour. This is Unleashed, the political news hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Chris Cordani. We have a lot to talk about, and with me is a full roundtable of excellent hosts of this program. Again, I'm Chris Cordani. With me are Bruce Robertson, Dr. Ted Noel, and Patricia Antone. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. We do have a bunch of things to discuss, and let's jump right into it feet first. We have an uh, we have a lot of issues, but one of them is the longstanding border problem, which, as you know, got worse the second Joe Biden stepped into the Oval Office. I like to I like to call him the man in lieu of a president, which is what it is right now. At this point, we had the Republicans or some Republicans in the House fighting against the administration and some senators over Ukraine funding and border security. There is a bill out there. It's a controversial one, and I got to tell you, Representative Chip Roy is one of the many who are not very happy with this. He says it does very little for border security. What say you? Let's start with Patricia. Well, that the it shouldn't even be called a border bill because it's it's really not about the border, and we don't need new legislation. That's the bottom line here. No new legislation is required in order to defend our border if we define defending the border as preventing illegal entry. And no new money is required if we stop bringing people across the border and then taking custodial care of them and transporting them all around the country and doing all these crazy things. So the whole thing is a disingenuous uh, effort to get more money, more power. That's, that's all it is. And I think that it is right now suffering a fit of common sense because a lot of people are pushing back on it. A lot are. And, uh, Let's uh, let's get into this a little bit more because I'm looking at it and it seems like a very let's put it this way a very well orchestrated bill to only designed to push more money into Ukraine which by the way has been a lost cause for a long enough time. Well, this is typical in D.C. You're going to see oh I want this and so we're going to label it one thing and then shove everything else that I want into the bill. I can tell you something about Ukraine. Uh, I've been there probably 20 some odd times. And um, in, in Kiev is one of the most corrupt centers in the world for all sorts of corrupt activity and especially money laundering. So there's no question in my mind that this money is coming into Ukraine and like flying out the back door and into offshore accounts as quickly as it can. So you're saying Kiev is the, well, let's put it this way, Chicago of Europe? Or at least Chicago of Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> oh, it's dirtier than Chicago, and there's more luxury cars there than Chicago. Oh, maybe not now, but that's a different. Hey, wait, isn't it pronounced Kiev now? Ever since uh, our president, the, the man in lieu of a president we have now, has called it Kiev, every news agency started calling uh, the capital of Ukraine Kiev. The Russian pronunciation or the Ukrainian pronunciation is Kiev. Right. So it is two syllables, but they're very brief. So it's, it's the politically incorrect pronunciation, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I speak a little Russian. 
I want to throw this out at you. Um, Mitch McConnell has been going back and forth on this. He seems to be playing both sides of his nose on this one. Um, What say you about that? That's typical Mitch McConnell. The turtle hides under his shell to make it so that you cannot identify what he stands for. And then he peeks out and says, which way is the wind blowing? Oh, I will support that. That makes him no better than any other of the evil inhabitants of Mordor on the Hudson. And frankly, <laughs> he, Mordor his, on the Hudson. I like that. <laughs> well, I have to admit that's not original. I'm following Noel's law of plagiarism. Once I've stolen it, it's mine. Hey, you could be president of Harvard now. Then that would be terrific. Okay, you you, you would be fine. <laughs> you, I, I, you you could really get a the top DEI position there. Yeah, but I think it was Sebastian Gorka who had that line originally. In any case, um, he is probably only of value to America as a parliamentary strategist. That's it. As with regard to any leadership capability, he probably operates on the ground that I know where the bodies are buried and you will do what I want you to, or there's going to be an unpleasantness that happens. It's very similar to what the Underwoods did in House of Cards. Or LBJ did in his various uh, iterations oh, yeah. of government. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, there, there's a guy who should never have been president, but I'll, I'll digress from that one because we could do about seven whole shows about that. <laughs> there's no question. Oh. But Mitch McConnell, he is a guy who stands out there in front of everybody, and when he's not freezing up, he's telling you, oh, I think we have uh, uh, are able to work with the Democrats on this, and uh, uh, but we have to uh, make sure that those, those horrible uh, um, um, far-right Republicans aren't doing anything to, to impede what's going on while I work with Chucky uh, over a bottle of scotch. I mean, Something here, to that here effect. Here, here's, a, here's a guy that's got probably a conflict of interest with China uh, through his wife's family. Right. And, and, and to be fair, I, I don't want to, I mean, I've actually spoken, uh, the, uh, had interviews or, or produced shows with uh, interviews as well with uh, uh, Elaine Chow. She's, she was a very good secretary of labor and she was a very good secretary of transportation. But you're right about that. There is there might be a, some serious compromises or some problems uh, uh, stemming from the fact that her family is in China, and China can pretty much whisper in McConnell's ear and say, "Hey, um, you know, uh, uh, your wife's family is here, and we can pretty much uh, make it very unpleasant for her if you don't do our bidding." Yeah. Why do Why do these Why do these senators and congressmen get to have these conflicts of interest? Because people put them in office, and we keep doing it. A lot of this is on us. It's, on, it's, it's, it's the people's fault. I, I hate to put it that way. Well, when, we, when, when we elect people on the basis of principle or on, on, on the basis of personality rather than principle, rather than policy, rather than, than competence, then uh, that's, that is what happens. Well, here's something that I brought up with a friend the other day. I said, you know, really, how many of our voters has had to hire or fire a CEO, a chief executive? or a high-level executive before. Virtually almost nobody, right? A lot. Uh, many have not. Let's put it that way. So when they're voting for president, what are they voting for? They're voting for eighth-grade class president. Exactly. The uh, student body president, if you will, or what it was, how it was put back in the Clinton era. The guy that you can have a beer with. 
Yeah, but we assume in this conversation that we are actually electing these people. And Jay Valentine, with his undeliverable ballot database, has shown conclusively that the Democrat machine has access to far more ballots than is needed for any specific margin of actual defeat, and they can bring them in and get them counted. They don't give a rip about votes. All they care about is ballots, and those ballots are sent out, diverted, voted, and brought back, and then counted. So we have to do far more than talk about issues and talk about uh, voting. We have to talk about election security, not integrity, security, because we have to be able to go and say, look, those 50 people, those 50 names at that 7-Eleven are not real voters because that's a commercial address. That's not a residential address. Mr. Registrar of Voters, you must remove those names now. And then you're going to have the left scream, oh, but, but, but you're limiting ballot access. You're, 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 you're taking away the right to vote for all sorts of people. Then I take, I take a uh, page from Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm not going to play your game. Yeah. Oh, the only problem is HR2 back in, was it H, I think it was HR2 back in, uh, was it one or two? No, I don't remember. It was HR1 the HR1. Democrats had. Right, that was the one. See, that there it goes. This is what happens when I don't have my coffee in the morning. I'm trying to swear off of it, but it's not working. I'm going to have to start drinking some every Wednesday at least. However, while we're saying that, the, they made this they made this fair game. They made it, they, they took what we shouldn't be doing and made it the rules. They, um... They basically said all this garbage, all this, all these things you said was illegal before or, or cheating before. Well, now it's legal because, well, COVID. There we go. Well, and the border situation is linked to voting as well. I mean, uh, if you want a, a, an eye, a, sort of a bird's eye view of the border, I was in McAllen, Texas, not too long ago. And uh, I landed in the airport and I noticed that there were all these. Um, Hispanics gathered around in groups and they seemed to be herded around by social workers who were giving them manila envelopes with um, a package of goodies in it and and they were put on flights at the airport. So so these these uh, and I found out from friends there that they're being bused to the airport from the border and they're being directed on flights and they're given debit cards and they're given documents there's no document really it's just they they they're given a piece of paper and pointed in the right direction, and they're they're being flown and transported to various cities across the United States. That's right. A lot of this is to not not necessarily uh, add voters, but to add numbers. Uh, the the next census, every census. Now the next census is coming in twenty thirty. If um, the more illegals in certain areas, the more people to represent and the more power these uh, blue urban areas have. I should say blue urban blight areas have. We do have to come on a break, though. I'm Chris Cordani hosting this round of Unleashed, the political news hour on America Out Loud's talk radio network. We have a lot more to talk about. The left with another meltdown over Tucker Carlson. That's straight ahead. But first, get all the articles, podcasts, and pertinent news always. The uncertain truth from a team of truth seekers who always put God and country first. America Out News.
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Back with Unleashed, the political news hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I am Chris Cordania. With me, our virtual roundtable. No, maybe it's a real roundtable. I like that. I don't live in a fantasy world. We live in the real world. And that's all Unleashed. Patricia Antone, Dr. Ted Noel, and Bruce Robertson with me. We're talking the big issues and some of the fun issues. One of the um, more amusing things that have happened recently was the left's collective meltdown over Tucker Carlson being seen in Russia. Oh, boy, they're afraid of something. They're afraid of quite a lot of things, and we're going to talk about all that. But, uh, Bruce, what do you think about all this? What do you think? uh, uh, I mean, look, the left will meltdown over everything, but seeing Tucker Carlson in relatively close proximity to Vladimir Putin and, of course, uh, uh, Carlson's uh, being a journalist and liking the idea of interviewing some very famous people who the left mm, fears, if you will. So it's been it's been um, it's been confirmed that Tucker has uh, interviewed Vladimir Putin uh, the other day. I mean, it was it yesterday, the day before, and um, he successfully interviewed him and, uh, you know, the left doesn't like it, I think, because uh, for the same reason that they didn't like Trump or uh, General Flynn getting close to Russia, and they went they went crazy about uh, that proximity and started screaming Russian collusion and Russian hoax and Russian Russia Russia. Um, Tucker uh, is is interviewing Putin, and 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 this is why he's seen as a threat. So Putin's been on the right side of the conflict with with Ukraine from the start. And Biden and the warmongers like Lindsey Graham have been essentially wrong in losing the war. And they've made a mess with this whole thing. And uh, uh, Putin also knows where the bodies are buried. He uh, he knows the criminality that's going on in uh, in Ukraine. He knows about the money laundering. He knows about the bioweapons labs. So, um, you know, 
Meanwhile, Ukraine uh, casualties are now top. So, so one report said 500,000 casualties by Ukraine, which is more than we lost in World War II. So it's significant. I got a lot of experience in, uh, in Russia and Ukraine. So um, I've been to both countries. I've interviewed the people. I find uh, the populations of both nations to be um, pretty well educated, uh, you know, at a certain socioeconomic strata. And um, so, you know, I think what's going on is that they, they don't want Tucker to spill the beans that Putin is a good guy or a fairly good guy or on the right side of this thing. Well, let's make no mistake. Putin's a thug, okay? He is what he is. We all know it. Uh, I'm not sure if he's, if he's well-beloved by the Russians or not. We, we know the situation that's going on. The fact is, though, and here's where I'm going, um, the, the left is afraid that Vladimir Putin's going to be platformed and given uh, a chance to speak, which he, by the way, is going to be doing in the future. He's going to be talking about, or most likely going to be telling us, again, this is my speculation, but it, it's where... Uh, he and maybe a lot of other people looking at us from outside think about us. We are weakening ourselves. We're too worried about DEI and whichever bathrooms people are going to use. We don't strengthen our military. Our economy's garbage. And uh, again, that's uh, from the outside looking in, but it's not doing well. We all know that. And uh, we can't even, uh, we might not even be able to hold up the uh, uh, the dollar as the world's currency anymore. Uh, this is going to be what somebody like Vladimir Putin is going to be telling people. And I don't think the Biden administration and its lefty cohorts really want that out there from somebody who's looking outside of us, right? Instead of maybe uh, who they consider uh, just on the political right. I may be able to add a little bit to how the Russian people think of Putin. I toured the Baltics in 2019 and visited St. Petersburg, and our tour guide and I chatted about a number of things. And at one point, I asked, what do people think of Vladimir Putin? And mind you, this is before the Ukraine adventure. And she was cagey about her response. But ultimately, as we drove by a bunch of Khrushchev classical gray concrete apartment blocks, she kind of admitted that yeah, most people didn't even look at him, don't care about him. He's part of the furniture, and he's no worse than what went before. I guess I'm, I might be uh, I might be able to provide a little more color because I got a little deeper into the uh, fabric of Russia, and uh, I, you know I didn't go on any tours. I actually went and and did my own um, uh, association with people in the streets and so forth but uh recently there was a, there were man on the street interviews done by sputnik sputnik is one of the uh news agencies in in russia and uh sputnik did some man on the street interviews of what they think about tucker carlson being there which i thought was an interesting perspective and these people knew who tucker carlson was every single one of them they know what he stands for they hold him in high regard they said they're very well informed, and um, they seem to know what's going on, including all the lies and propaganda being circulated about Russia in our media and by the Biden administration. And, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, listen, I, I, I like Russian history and culture. It has its problems. Putin has done some pretty nasty things. But on the, on the other hand, I think Russia is a better ally for us than some of the nations that we're in bed with right now. 
So um, the the man on the street interviews, if you can find it with Tucker, uh, is a very interesting um, uh, point of view. Let's put it that way. Well, and, and I think that's a main point, Bruce, that the fact that that how does this affect us? Russia is, for all its faults, a better ally than is Ukraine. Ukraine is not even an ally. And Ukraine is not a stable country. Ukraine is not a democracy. It's a, uh, you know, it's a it's a totalitarian regime being uh, propping up a figurehead uh, via an oligarchy. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a hot mess over there. So why why we would favor one of those entities over the other? Well, why wouldn't we choose the one that at least has more to offer in terms of a trading partner and and in other regards? Do you all remember back in what was it, 2017, when uh, when uh, Vladimir Zelensky was elected? He was the Ukrainian Trump, and all of a sudden, a big enemy number one in Europe because, uh, well, I don't know, he's a, he's an actor who became president, and he's palling around with Trump, blah 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 blah. He's horrible. Now all of a sudden. He's the he's uh he's the best friend we've ever had, even though he's harboring Nazis. And um, again, we talked about the corrupt government. And we also know, as uh, our own president, current president, has bragged about, he has uh, his fingers into uh, businesses going on over there. And of course, uh, he's able to, uh, um, uh, let's say, marionette things around uh, whenever he wants. Now, apparently, Russia's our big buddy, or as, or as Kamala Harris would say, uh, Oh, well, it's a smaller country that was that was uh, invaded by a bigger country. So we have to keep we have to make sure we protect the smaller country. Wait, this transition was rather quick now, wasn't it? From uh, enemy number one really to, our, to our buddy, our only friend in Eastern Europe. If you scratch beneath, beneath the surface in Ukraine, you're going to find uh, uh, a hot mess of, of U.S. involvement and, and numerous uh, articulated coups by the CIA and others. Uh, you know, we we changed regimes in Ukraine at a minimum three times, probably you could say four times uh, until we found somebody that we could um, play ball with, let's say uh, somebody who was going to um, allow the stuff that we wanted to happen to happen over there. And I heard that uh, one, one of uh, one of our panel here had said that Russia is a better ally than uh, in Ukraine. Maybe yeah. so. But Russia is one of uh, five nations now, I believe, 26 now. But correct me if I'm wrong, that have joined the that, that are part of the BRICS alliance, which the, the aim of that group is to de-dollarize the entire world. The dollar is going down. And a lot of that has to do with our current uh, uh, administration and its policies. But now uh, China and Russia head the BRICS nations and they're trying to push, push a gold standard, a, a gold standard, a gold backed currency, if you will, that will, or is set to take over for the current dollar as the global, as the global trading. And I'll use that word again, currency, because I'm not writing it down. <laughs> but the, the idea is this, um, we have to we have to really be wary that two of our most adversarial nations are involved in this. Should we not be? Mm-hmm. Now Saudi Arabia steps in and brings all sorts of money in. The BRICS nations now get this: the BRICS nations now have forty five uh, trillion plus dollars of wealth. That is more than the G seven combined. Uh, Doctor Noel, let's lead off with you. What are your thoughts on this? Be honest, I'm listening. Uh... <laughs> You know, I am a little bit of an America first semi uh, non-interventionist. 
And the basic idea of that is our duty is to America. Others may be of some use. Israel has some use in that we have a very beneficial weapons development back and forth with Israel. But when you start looking at all these others, yes, Taiwan, you go, well, it's an emotional thing. But if the Reds take Taiwan, they're going to have to sell chips to us. And why not? Why wouldn't we want to make chips at home? You know, why not pull our empire back, take the money that we're throwing around the world and leave it in the taxpayer's pocket to create wealth at home? It would be amazing. By the same token, why don't we strengthen our dollar by making it not a fiat currency anymore? Oh, there we go. I, I, I'm, I'm firmly in agreement with the gold standard. Not to use the word token too useless, too loosely, but you know it's it's paper token right now. Well, this is why well, Dr. Ron Paul got into politics, and uh, uh, Patricia, I'll get, uh, uh, I I don't mean to jump on you mm-hmm. on this. I just want to throw that in there. Dr. Ron Paul got into politics because as soon as the Federal Reserve became the the standard for American currency, it became political. We saw the uh, it, 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 if the government figured, heck, we need money, we could just print it up. Patricia? Exactly true, exactly true. But I was going to point out, too, that that we have been busy empowering Saudi Arabia by cutting off our own energy production. When we had energy independence, that that came at the expense of some of that Middle Eastern power because we were we were using and and we were um, using our own energy and we were also exporting. So, um, you know, one of the one of the, the ways that we have de- the Biden administration has destabilized the whole the whole world is to take America's energy out of the mix. I think the Biden administration is trying to destabilize the peace process as well in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, you exactly. know, we just we just got a we just got a, a pretty pretty monumental peace negotiation done between Israel and and Saudi Arabia and you know maybe one other, and uh, it, it 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 looks like they're they're trying to undermine that by funding Iran and all these other things. I mean, it, it's uh, he's trying to undo everything Trump did, and I think a lot of things Trump did were, were constructive in a way. Very. A lot of that's out of spite, though. These. These lefties came in. They said, well, I don't like what Trump did. He, he reversed some things that Obama had. So we're going to have to reverse everything Trump did like he was never president. And that mm-hmm. and that was it didn't even matter to them that it was to the uh, um, to the to, it, it was contributing to the destruction of our own economy and our own nation. The idea was, hey, you know what? Let's get these Trump was here stamps off the wall. Let's uh, bring it back to the Obama era and screw the nation after that. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly true. And I think a lot of times we have to accept the fact that this isn't a normal political contest. A normal political contest pits two competing visions against how to pursue the national charter that pits those two things against each other. And then the people decide, well, that would be normal. That's not what's happening here. The people on the extreme left who are opposing Trump at all costs, literally at all costs, this is this is something else entirely. And I think what they're attempting to do, this whole global cabal here, is attempting to take out the West as a influence in the world and to build a global empire. And we have to be uh, cognizant of the fact that some of our biggest manufacturers, like General Motors and the car companies and things like that, they want a weak dollar because mm-hmm. they sell 
many more of our products overseas when the dollar is weak. So, so we're butting heads against weak dollar, uh, you know, aficionados and strong dollar aficionados. But I think we really need strong currencies, uh, strong currency, strong borders, and and uh, a stronger president. Oh, here's what I see, and this is what I want to throw to all of you. I see China watching all of this and saying, hmm, I like toying with this uh, Taiwan thing, but we can gain more political power other ways. Russia's watching this and saying, huh, well, let's see. We can do what we want here. Let's uh, look into some of the other former Soviet republics. Then we have the rest of BRICS going, wow, we can just take the dollar off the market and we can take over the entire global currency, weaken the uh, West in its shoes because, hey, they're helping us out. But they all know one thing. They all know, the polls say it, they have a window of less than one year to accomplish all of this. They're trying to pile on. Right, they need yeah. to, because once Biden is out and somebody else, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be an RFK or somebody around that, that's it. The door is slammed. At least we hope so. Or at least that's at what the, they think. At the end of the day, Russia is wary of, of China. So I don't know how strong that that alliance is going to continue because China doesn't have natural resources. Russia has plenty of oil. And by the way, the steps of Russia uh, between China and Russia is some pretty flat territory where they could just roll in. And and uh, the Chinese, I mean, could just roll in and and seize russia's oil production at some point and they've got a much bigger army and it 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 could be an interesting conflict um so russia really needs to be an ally of the west more than an ally of china but since since uh we sort of pushed russia into this uh other alliance and it probably wouldn't have happened if trump was in office well, there's another thing here, too. NATO and the U.S. are, provo are, are provoking Vladimir Putin. Again, exactly. about Putin's a thug. But you think you think uh, Biden and his handlers aren't thugs at this point? You think a lot of the NATO guys aren't thugs at this point? Well, they might pre they might present themselves as uh, super soilgers with uh, uh, their little wimpy attitudes and uh, all nice and grandpa-y. But the fact is, this whole little subtle thing of bringing in Sweden... To the uh, to NATO, bring in Ukraine and, and soon Finland. The idea is because Vladimir Putin in 2020 said that uh, that NATO is the biggest threat to its nation, to its country, Russia. That uh, the idea is NATO knows this, and if they can bring themselves or their sphere of influence closer and take the Baltic section and of course run down south a bit, uh, they can. They think they can make Putin nervous, but what's going on is they're making him push back. Maybe well, Russia, Russia's been invaded twice. Russia's <laughs> been invaded twice by the West. If you look at history, you know, Napoleon and Hitler. Yeah, well, they're, they're over two. They're, they're, they're not, they're, they didn't do as well as Genghis Khan did. No. <laughs> not even close. Because, yeah, don't attack them during winter, okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, could, you could argue they planned on attacking Russia during this during the fall. Uh, late late summer, early fall, but they got bogged down in Greece in their in their spring uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going off the rails here. It is. You, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. You, you are listening to Unleash the Political News Hour. I'm Chris Cordeni. We do have a a bit more to go, but think about this: these nations do believe, and I'm sure of it. They believe they have one year to play, one year. And until the man in lieu of a president here steps out of office, his handlers are gone and his people are gone. And now 
uh, and then maybe the adults can take charge. But again, that's up to Americans. That's up to the voter. Well, it, it may be up to-, up to the voters if the voters actually get their votes counted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, That's another thing. Ted, you know, you brought that up before, Ted, mm-hmm. about the about who yes. counts the votes and how many votes they have. And mm-hmm. the, the, the voter integrity and election integrity and security mm-hmm. are, the, I think, two huge, crucial issues. Well, and yes. since we made we made it legal to treat ballots the way we treat pizza coupons, um, it's it's not likely that's going to get reeled back in. I don't know how I don't know what the solution is there. There's actually been some work done in the state of Wisconsin by volunteer groups, hmm. and they largely took Jay Valentine's database, walked the neighborhoods, found that the places he flagged had no legitimate residents, went in, and those names got pulled off of most of the voter rolls. It can okay. be done. It can be done, but will it be done? It all depends on who's in charge. You've keep got mind, to have you've got to have big voices pushing it. Well, keep in mind also there's a ground game, and that's another issue. You talked about the ground game. We're going to just get into this. The left has an organized ground game. They can harvest votes. They can find places. Heck, they they can even have a host of the view say that I brought my son's ballot in and voted for a certain president for him, and that's technically illegal. By the way, uh, I'm. I'm uh, we can, we can do another three or four hours on that alone. The fact is, while the left has a ground game of people they can they can throw on the streets and, and collect ballots, the right, well, guess what? Most of their people are working. That's a problem. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's legal woes and uh, how that could turn around very soon. But is the aim to cause the problems or deplete his resources? Or could it be much deeper than that? First, though, America Out Loud shop. Check that out. That's americaoutloud.shop for the latest health resources and product innovations that may well enhance your life. When you go to americaoutloud.shop, use the code OUTLOUD. I'm Chris Cordani. This is Unleashed, the political news hour. God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will. The will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX. Because it works. 
these days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Unleash the Political News Hour is back on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Chris Cordani, your host for today. With me, our other hosts here on the show, and we're all roundtabling it to lead off the program. Patricia Antone is with me, Bruce Robertson, and Ted Noel. <laughs> Dr. Ted Noel. I can't forget that doctor. You don't have to be formal. <laughs> oh, I used to call myself Dr. X on the radio when I was doing, or Dr. Chris X was one of my uh, old radio names. And uh, Dr. C. So I, I was inspired by the great Dr. Johnny Fever. That's better than Dr. Demento. <laughs> I loved him. I saw him in concert. Dr. Demento is and always will be a genius. Tremendous personality on the radio. Oh, I love him. He was he was one of the people that, him and Bob Grant inspired me to go into radio. There we go. The great Bob Grant. That's right. Get off my phone, you fake phony fraud. I always loved that. <laughs> he was great. Uh, Donald Trump is in serious legal trouble. Not really because we see the holes in most of these cases. I'm not even a, a legal eagle. Uh, maybe some of you guys are more uh, uh, well-versed in this kind of thing than I am. But the fact is, even I can see all this. And, I'm, I, and my vision is 2080 without the correction. Okay? Not good at all. The fact is, though, what I do see is... Uh, what I do see are these uh, legal entities and these lawsuits and everything else with the uh, aimed at aimed at depleting Donald Trump's resources and trying to disable him for running for president. On the other nose, what they're really doing is giving the man free advertising. Doctor Noel, what say you? Well, let's let's just kind of run down the cases because there are six. You have the uh, Letitia James case where they're trying to force Trump out of New York and to disgorge 280 million or some such amount of ill-gotten gains under a law which punishes someone for actions which have no victim, not even the state. So that one will be a real issue on appeal going up into the federal courts. The E. Jean Carroll cases... I'm lumping them together, uh, are basically a case of she accused him of rape. He said, didn't happen. She's lying. And suddenly defending himself becomes a an issue of uh, defamation. And that's actually just First Amendment. I'm allowed to say I didn't do it and I'm not defaming her. But 
now they've got $80 million or some such that supposedly is going to be there. Those cases are all going to have big time appeals and will ultimately fall down Trump's way. It's just going to take a whole lot of money for his attorneys. The big four are the federal cases. The first one is the one that's being heard this week in uh, the Supreme Court having to do with the Colorado case. And there are three quick bits in it. The first one has to do and I, uh, with the idea of was Trump an insurrectionist? Did he commit insurrection? And if we go through the history of the 14th Amendment, the insurrection in view was the Civil War, the revolt by the South. So if you're on that end of the spectrum, there's no question that he didn't do that. But as you move away from that, the definitions get very fuzzy and there is no firm legal definition. So when you get to where Trump was and what he did, there's a thing called the rule of lenity that says when you have an unclear statute or an unclear set of definitions, they have to be interpreted in favor of the defendant and against the state. That's first part of that one. The second part in the legal arguments are way too long and involved for here. They deal with the idea that, uh, is the section three self enforcing? That is, do the states have the right to enforce it? And I think that the answer is no. Section 5 says Congress has the power to enforce this. Now, this is the uh, insurrection clause you're talking about, right? That's the insurrection now, clause. I want, I want to stop here because I want to, I want to, get, I want to, I want to uh, talk about this particular notion. If you remember, after January 6th, right after, in unison, every news agency, well, every left-leaning news agency was quick to use the word insurrection with this happening. The idea is to to drill it in people's heads because the strategy was to set Trump up. This is my belief. The strategy was to set Trump up to make him uh, appear in front of this crowd, uh, let people into the Capitol. There's always going to be, there are always going to be some rabble rousers there and highlight them. Uh, People that caused the problems, caused these issues, pretend Trump was the one who incited the whole thing and call it an insurrection. This way you can use that clause. This is pre-thought of. You can use that clause to call him an insurrectionist because we all know, they all knew that Joe Biden wasn't going to be, wasn't going to have a very good four years as president. He was going to destroy the country in one way or another, which is what they wanted. But then the idea was, well, he was going to lose. And if he's going to lose, it would probably be to Donald Trump. And this is what happened. So the idea it was to keep him from running and deplete his resources, but make sure he's labeled as an insurrectionist. So people will think he is, and states, maybe one or two, but enough of them, maybe more, maybe 12, will uh, knock him off the ballot because he is technically, uh, well, again, he's not, he hasn't been, he hasn't, he's never been, um, what's the word am I thinking of? He's never been convicted of being an insurrectionist, but the media and the court of public opinion has, uh, has uh, has uh, let's say pushed forth pushed forth that narrative to make some of these uh, state lawsuits or the people who are pushing these lawsuits in these states bold enough to do so. There we go. My and where's the way I think I have it. Where's the burden of proof? I mean, the serious. They, they don't of need one. The left doesn't need a burden of proof in this country. Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, every every one of these things is causing his poll numbers to go up. So oh, mm-hmm. the, yep. the truth is. The American public isn't buying it. They they don't they don't believe he's an insurrectionist because 
He's never been convicted of that. And in the absence of any real good, solid legal definition of the word insurrection and no no uh, conviction and no adjudication of any kind about that, then no, most people are just dismissing that whole idea that an insurrection was happened um, at all. Most people, except for those in power in some states. I want to submit two things to you. But the first thing I'll submit is this. Uh, Representative Mark Gates. I like this guy. This guy, he cracks me up, okay? I love this guy. He's always good for a good show. But for uh, a, for a new <laughs> for a new Congress member, this guy wields a lot of power and has a lot of guts. He's putting forth an uh, he's pushing forth a resolution along with Elise Stefanik co-signing it, proclaiming proclaiming that Donald Trump is not an insurrectionist. If this passes, then they really can't do anything with that Fourteenth Amendment now, can they? Yeah. That, that, that that's going a different direction. I don't know what they can do. There is one part of the 14th Amendment that is absolutely clear. And the prescription that, or the prohibition is that certain people cannot occupy officer uh, offices under the United States. They cannot be officers of the United States if they have been an insurrectionist. The problem is that that term is a very specific term of art that comes from English law. The office under the United States is a clone of the British royal office under the crown. The king is the crown, and someone who holds an office in his administration of some sort is holding an office under the crown. He is an officer of the crown, and grammatically, that term is defined four places as somebody who is appointed. The president is not appointed. There's another place where it says it talks about people who are, who are commissioned, and he's not commissioned. So it should be unequivocal, nine zip, that the Supreme Court says he's not an officer of the United States because it was very clear the United States, in the context of the Constitution, is not the geographic area. It's the president, the House, and the Senate. They are the United States. None of those people are officers of the United States. They are the United States. It's a legal definition. It's clear as can be. Now, let's pop the D.C. Court of Appeals really quickly, which is the appeal of the January 6th thing on the grounds of absolute presidential immunity. I've seen reporting today that said that the court dumped that back to uh, the lower court. I figured Trump would lose on that simply because He's saying, I have absolute immunity for things I did within my official reach. Executive privilege. Executive privilege. This, but, by the way, this I want to throw in there, This so, so it's a clear for the people who are listening right now, this is exactly what Barack Obama used when uh, being brought up in front of Congress about Fast and Furious. Okay. Yeah. In any case, uh what the court is basically doing is dumping it back because you have to have a trial to find out what was within his reach and what was not. He can be tried for things that are beyond his reach. But again, the full opinion hasn't been published, not even on the court website. So I can't go through that in any detail. But there's a very interesting amicus brief brought in. Amicus means friend of the court. And by former Attorney General Edwin Meese and others, which basically says that Jack Smith 
occupies an office that does not exist. He does not have a real position. That is not appointed correct. properly. Right. Not appointed properly. Right. That's correct. Now, yes. If the attorney general had appointed a U.S. a sitting U.S. attorney to be a special counsel, that's fine, because all he's doing is adding responsibility. But Jack Smith was a civilian in the Netherlands when he was appointed by someone who had no no statutory authority to appoint him. If he occupies an office that does not exist, all of the J6 indictments and evidence review were done by someone who has no right to do it. He has tainted all of it. And there is a legal doctrine, which is fruit of the poisonous tree, which we all know as inadmissible evidence from Miranda versus Arizona. Basically, what it says is he has painted feces over all of it. It cannot be brought into court ever again. The J6 case must be dismissed. Now, this was actually heard in oral argument, and the court, I haven't seen any comment on it, but it will go again at the Supreme Court. And if it gets tagged at the Supreme Court, guess what else happens? The case in Florida goes away for exactly the same reason. Now, there's only one other case, and that's Georgia. And guess what? The prosecutor there <laughs> is a civilian who was not properly. Does this sound familiar? A civilian who was not properly appointed and therefore has no right to look at anything. He again, has tainted everything that's gone on in the Georgia case. And there is a defendant in that case who is raising this issue, and the judge is about to hear it. Well, the thing is, I believe they know all of this. I believe that the the left, the people in charge, know that these cases are technically unwinnable, but they're trying to drag Trump's name through the mud. They're trying to deplete his resources, and they're trying to humiliate him and push him to the point where he says, finally, forget it. The problem is all this is backfiring because every time they push, he pushes back harder. And people were watching this with less legal knowledge than you, of course, the doctor, much less, are saying, crap, this could happen to me. Can I say that word on the show? How about dung? This could happen to me. And I think that's a huge, a huge observation right there, because it may be that the 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 point of all of this is to undermine our trust in the, our government as presently constituted. And because because the whole Marxist vision cannot be brought to fruition unless the, the trust in our government as presently constituted is rejected. That's an excellent point. I, I really believe that this bum rush at the border is, is a component of the Cloward Piven strategy that uh, you know, if you if you guys are aware of the Cloud Piven strategy from Columbia University, the sociology department, they want to swamp our our social welfare system to the point where it creates chaos, and well, they, they and thereby herald in a new socialist uh, government. The funny thing is, Bruce, they actually backfired on that one too, because bringing in they overdid it, they oversaturated and overplayed their hand. Now that uh, after Abbott was uh, busing people and, and sending people to the uh, sanctuary cities, they had to deal with all of this. Now you're seeing the black community saying, look, uh, a, a lot of a lot of poor urban areas are saying, look, um, these benefits that are, were supposed to be going to us, the food that we need, and we're American citizens. Now they're going to somebody else and we're getting nothing. 
there are gonna there are more people and famous rappers are actually speaking for this community and backing Trump. It, most the most recent Fifty Cent, and he's he's got a big he has a big voice in this community. Snoop Dogg just Snoop came Dogg out in favor as well. And the fact is, the demo, the rule of thumb in politics is that if the Democrats lose twenty percent of the black vote, they lose. It's game over. Well, the the Democrats thought that they could bribe a different vote this time. Well, you know, instead of bribing the black vote, as they've been doing since, you know, the great society, LBJ's great society, you know, the independency agenda that he created. Now they're going to create a new dependency agenda. Same M.O., different group of people. They're They're replacing the government pet class. That's exactly what they're doing. Thank you, Trisha. Perfect. I'm going to submit this to the group here. They're not trying to get these people to vote for them. They're not trying to make illegals try to vote. They're actually working on the uh, the chinless, soy munching, uh, granola eating white knight group. The the guilty white knights, the ones who think every the the uh, the semi the, the somewhat privileged white people who think everything is racist now. And DEI is the most incredible thing that ever happened. That if you house every single uh, illegal somewhere, but but far enough away from them, by the way then you're doing something good. So we're going to keep electing you people. Well, that that virtue signaling, though, is vulnerable. And and what we are seeing even in New York and places like that is that people who had virtue signaled all to beat heck about about that and about being a sanctuary city. And now it's like, holy buckets, it's in my backyard. Holy you know? buckets. I love that. <laughs> we could say and that, right? <laughs> it's not only it's not only that, but but you know, let's let's face the reality that it, you know, illegals are voting in local elections in various yes. places across the nation. And that's just the beginning. That's the camel's nose under the tent. Exactly. Okay. I thought about that. Most of them think they're too cool to vote anyway, but that's a different story for a different day. But yes, the idea is it's pushing. And again, that actually opens up the virtue signaling votes. The virtue signalers will be the ones out there pushing for the far left because they think that's the way to go. They do, but if they allow if they allow illegal aliens to uh, vote in elections, then and and they become the government dependent government pet class again, then then we will have a permanent entrenchment especially in these blue cities, there won't be a solution to get our vote out in the local school board and such like that. There won't be that solution because the local vote will have been yielded to a bunch of non-citizens. And those cities will implode as they're doing right now. They're starting to spiral downward. We're seeing seeing commercial real estate going down. We're seeing uh, people flying out of the cities right and left. And you're seeing people who are are just fighting back against this whole... uh, this whole sanctuary city virtue signaling thing yet. And, and again, I, 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 the Chicago mayor is a, a, a strange case of his own. He's standing behind all this and pushing this even harder. Uh, but you see the fact that uh, the virtue signalers are the ones that are actually trying to uh, uh, run farther away from what they're actually, from what they're trying to pull. Well, similar, they've been, they've been, they've been protesting in favor of uh, Palestine uh, the Palestinians, that's and another. you know th- 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 that's another you know deep rabbit hole that we don't need to go down. But but the point is that it, you know the re- the irony is that if any of them, any of them, any of these blue haired, multiple pier- piercing individuals showed <laughs> up in a uh, Sharia law country, uh, they would be summarily disposed of, um, and uh, you know the LGBT community would be thrown off roofs. 
Right. And these uh, these blue haired butcher signalers and everything else, they, they might be, uh, let's say, as you said, disposed of there. They, sh- they should be happy here. We just point we just point them and laugh. That's all. And that's mm-hmm. that's the only harm we do to them. But they do. Well, laughter is probably laughter is probably the best weapon against them. Uh, well, they, they they cower, cry, and say we're hurting their feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, good! I'll laugh some more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish we could laugh a lot more together, but we do have to close this one out. I want to thank you all for being with us, Patricia Antone. We have Bruce Robertson and Ted Noel, Doctor Ted Noel. Also on Unleash the Political News Hour, we have Chris Michaels, who will be with us on Mondays. Tomorrow, it's you, Bruce. Yes, sir. That's right. So enjoy that. But first, get all the articles, podcasts, and permanent news. Always the uncensored truth from a team of truth seekers like us, who always put God and country first. America Out Loud News. Thank you for joining us. Again, this is Chris Cordani. For my group here, let's unleash the truth.